You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, healthy, alive, well, yourself? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thank you for asking. Although, I can't say the same about the Aussies today, can you? It's a very terrible thing that's going on down there. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is pretty bad. On the bright side, at least they're trying to protest it, right? Yeah, they're trying to. And we saw a couple of days ago... And this has been kind of off topic news just around uh, about the woman who was arrested for making the Facebook post. And I think she was one of the organizers. Yeah. The pregnant woman. Mm -hmm. So we later found out that not only her, but up to 80 other people were visited because they made Facebook posts about organizing this uh, this rally uh, or this protest, rather, uh, that turned into well, pretty much turned into a rally. But um, so here's the thing. What's going on in Australia? Well, my response to that was, okay, if you're going to do that, uh, if you're going to shut down a protest, then the natural reaction in me, right, the American in me says, well, double the number of people you have out there. So it looks to me like a lot of the organizers, at least this was according to their mainstream media down there, which you and I watched the mainstream media coverage of that. It was quite despicable, I have to say. The police, it was. the police are stomping on Australians and they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. I mean, I'm not just saying that. Sometimes you have people that come out and say, oh, well, they took it out of this. Uh, they took it out of context and this and that. No, they're literally doing nothing and they're getting arrested and they're getting beaten. Now, you're, you're showing that around the world and that's going to look good for you somehow. Shame on those police officers. Shame on them. Shame on the government down there for doing just that. OK, so the organizers supposedly, according to the media, discouraged the uh, the protest afterwards before it happened. And so they didn't show up. However, people still did. One of which a guy that was down there, uh, that's a, a um, independent journalist in his own right, uh, Avi Yemeni, he got arrested. So, I mean, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, I'll have to check his Twitter, but he's arrested. He got slammed and cuffed for no reason whatsoever. I saw the video on his Twitter feed. He said that he was explaining to the police who he was and trying to get the press pass out of his pocket to say, hey, look, I'm a journalist. What are you doing? And they still beat him down and they still arrested him. So it, it it's just a mess down there. But uh, this happened Saturday and you said Saturday was Freedom Day, right? Today's Freedom Day in uh, uh, in, in in Australia. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's yeah. They're they're saying freedom. This is the Freedom Day protest. Yeah. Uh, okay. And you know, we're, we're talking about them having like the the freedom to go there and do that. At the same time, from the the stuff I was reading, uh, like the legal side of things, they have the freedom to opinion, and they do have the freedom to protest. But their freedom to protest is not absolute. Like they're not under certain circumstances, the government is able to void. Your ability to protest or, or even even freedom of speech, like in general, uh, you can you're, you're free to have an opinion. But to express that opinion, it's not an absolute. So in this case, technically, it's illegal, technically. But and see, a government would never abuse any kind of power like that, would they? Never. 
No, no, never do something. no, 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 never. Anti-lockdown protests, right? They erupted, uh, let me see, uh, in Melbourne, Sydney, hundreds of protesters took to the streets defying the lockdowns for the coronavirus that have been in effect for nearly not five weeks. And this is it. They've closed the borders down there. They've stopped state to state travel. At least that's what I heard. And mm-hmm. I also heard something else. I also heard something else. Now, I don't know. I heard I heard someone call in to talk radio last week and they're reporting this. Anyone in the Australian government, as in like the councils, like the local councils, kind of like what we have in the U.S. as in our, our city councils and things like that. Anyone within the Australian government that is on a council that sides with the protesters in this is being hauled off to a, um, a location in Western Australia, shall we say, and they're not being heard from. So that that's what I heard. Now, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I heard that. The only reason I have heard about it is because the um, the person that was calling in making reference to that, their relative was on a city council at the, I want to say the Sunshine Coast is where they said it was. And they're a very prominent person down there. Uh, and they're very well known on that council. And they're a dual citizen. They're Australian and American. And in order for her to be released, she had to contact the U.S. State Department through the consulate and have her release done that way. She was released after that. But groups gathered at the Shrine of Remembrance, which is a war memorial in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, with some demonstrators wearing no mask. Oh, the the humanity of it all. Not wearing a mask. Oh, what, what is wrong with you? Holding signs and were heard chanting, freedom and human rights matter. Can you imagine these people, Bruce, out there? They're not wearing masks. They're not social distancing. And they're, they're holding signs up at a protest, and they're talking. They're chanting freedom. They're chanting human rights. How dare you? How dare you ask for such things? Police showed up. Of course they were. They promised to make a, um, uh, a very uh, well-known presence, shall we say. And they showed up at... I mean, these are people... Mind you, the Aussies don't have any firearms. They had their guns taken 20 years ago, which never should have happened, by the way. Or actually, it was longer than 20 years ago, wasn't it? It was like 30 years ago. But nonetheless, police showed up and they were in riot gear. I mean, full blown riot gear, head to toe. If you go on and you look at some of the um, look at some of the, the footage that's out there online, um, I think Zero Hedge has got some. The Federalist has got some. Uh, and there's some floating around uh, on other websites as well. I think Drudge has got some. Reuters has some. The AP has some. Uh, You can also go to uh, Rebel News, which is uh, Avi Yemeni's website, which, like I said, he was taken down and arrested violently, I might add. So it was quite something. But the uh, Victorian premier, uh, Daniel Andrews, he said it is not safe. It is not smart. It is not lawful. In fact, it's absolutely selfish for people to be out there protesting. How does that sound familiar, Bruce? That sounds awful familiar, doesn't it? It does, yeah. That sounds exactly like the U.S. governors in blue states at the very beginning of the U.S. protest at the state houses, doesn't it? I mean, that sounds almost like the same line, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does. Uh-huh. Dozens were arrested at the protest in Melbourne and Sydney. Hundreds of others were issued violations for breaching a stay-at-home public health order. Yeah. As a result of the protest, a police officer received lacerations to the head after being assaulted by an individual who was in attendance. Uh, statements continued. That uh, was a statement put out by the Victoria Police. The statement continued. Our investigations into the protest will continue, and we will, to, we will expect to issue further fines once the identity of the individuals has been confirmed. The Australian Broadcasting Company quoted one woman at the shrine, and I saw the video of her saying, There is no epidemic. It's just a pretext to keep us in lockdown. Well, here's my stance on it. Now, we've never said since the start of this thing that it's not a real virus, right? Never said that. It it very much is. Uh, And it is dangerous to some people, for sure. Just like the flu is dangerous to some people and not others. Just like 
The common cold is dangerous to some people and not others. Just like pneumonia is dangerous to some people and not others. This is no different. This is no different. Not saying it's not a real virus. It is highly communicable, but the fatality rate of this is less than that of the flu. And so to say that it's not a real virus, not true, right? I disagree with that part of it. But it is, it, she is correct in this other part of her statement. She says it's a pretext to keep us in lockdown. And that's what it is. You're going to keep people in lockdown over, uh, what, what did we say it was? Three, three tenths of, no, it's not even three tenths of 1%. It's three one hundredths of 1%, right? On average. 0. 0.04 if you include... You know, if you, you go from 75 and younger and not in retirement homes, mm -hmm. if you include everybody, it's uh, 0.26, I believe. And the Australian, everything. Yeah. And the Australian numbers, if you recall, the Australian numbers were fairly low. Yeah, I believe Australia has pretty low numbers. Let's see. I mean, they weren't the lowest, obviously. I don't think they were in the you know some of the lowest countries, but they were lower compared to, say, like, for example, overblown countries like the U.S. or something. Yeah. As of, let's see, the highest spike I'm seeing is 700 and it looks like 721 on July 30th. Yeah. OK. So, so I mean, pretty, yeah, pretty small. They're keeping it all down based on what uh, the, the talking points that we're getting. Spikes, cases, infections, spikes, cases, infections, infections, spikes, 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 cases. That's what it's all based around. And so the poor Australian people are having to put up with this. Now, people are asking for simply the most basic of things. Just end it. Just end the lockdown. Let them go back to their lives. Let them go back to work. That's all they want. That's all they want. But see, in this system, you don't do that. In this new era they're trying to bring in, you don't do that. You do what you're told. This is the new authoritarianism. See, you thought fascism was going to come to you in a military uniform. It's not. It's coming to you under the guise of public health, keeping you safe from yourself. Don't trust anyone else. Wear a mask. Don't think. This is the authoritarianism we're dealing with. Now, should people be advised by government officials in order to take whatever precautions people feel as though are necessary? Sure, sure. But ultimately, it's down to the individual. It's down to you. It's down to you to make the determination on what's right for you, your family, and your community. That's your responsibility. See, they're trying to remove that responsibility from you. They're trying to take it upon themselves to dictate to you what your responsibility should be rather than you making that decision for yourself. This is why we're not seeing any talk of boosting your own immune system. Still, do you notice that, Bruce? Still, to this point, we're not seeing that. No one has said that except for doctors that get shut up, right? No yeah. one. No one in the public health area that's that's a prominent face on TV or in the media is saying in any nation to do anything about boosting your own immune system. No one's saying that. No one. At least if, if it's out there, I've, I, it's completely eluded me. And I do apologize. But unless I'm mistaken, I haven't seen a single health expert from any major Western nation come out and say that. None. Public health expert, politician, otherwise none. None. Wash your hands, wear a mask, wait for a vaccine, stay at home and shut up. That's what you're being told. Don't have responsibility. We will be responsible. And then you just listen to us. It's like a parent scolding a child. This is a form of public humiliation. This is where they're at right now. And they're doing stupid stuff now to see what they can get away with. Like Maine, the dog collars. Yeah, the lampshades. Yeah. This is what they're doing. They're pushing right now just to the level of insanity to see how much they can humiliate people. And this is who these people are at the top. If you think it's bad now, just wait a few months. Just wait a few months. But see, the Aussies are taking a stand. They're starting to. The Germans are taking a stand. The Americans are a little tied up right now with uh, with scum in the streets. We're going to be talking about that here in just a few minutes because you're not going to believe what your tax money. If you're in Portland, if you're in Portland, if you're well, hell, if you're in Oregon, 
If you're in Oregon, you're going to love where your tax money's going. We're going to be talking about that. And we're not talking about a little chump change here either. We're talking about millions of dollars. So anyway, the uh, the Aussies, I I see what's I see what's happening down there. I, I see what's being beta tested down there. And if you notice it, the question is like I hear everybody talking about this. And the question is, is why no one's asking why this is happening to the Aussies. No one's asking that. Well, I might be wrong here, but I think I know why it's happening to the Aussies. Who has a deal with the Aussies economically and for natural resources? Who has a deal? Who has most of their water rights in Australia? Any guesses? China. It's China. As a matter of fact, you remember the wildfires in uh, in Australia about a year ago? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't even think it was all the way okay. a year ago. I think it was it was right before all this, uh, six, six, eight months ago. Yeah, it was this happened in January. Yeah. OK, so you had all that. The Aussies out in the countryside, they wanted to stop the fires. They had ways to control the fires. But what happened? They weren't allowed to access the water that would prevent them from controlling those fires. Why? Because the Chinese owned the rights to it. Also, what did the Chicoms do prior to the pandemic breaking out? They went in and bought up all the PPE equipment from Australia. You remember that? They shipped it out of the country. Mm -hmm. So the Aussies couldn't have it. You've got a government down there that's no different. I'm, I'm sorry. It's no different than most Western nations when it comes to selling out to a foreign power. They're on board with it. They're on board with it. Is everyone in the government like that? No, no, of course not. Of course not. But a goodly percentage of them and those that we see in the mainstream that support this agenda, they're on board with this. They're on board with turning against their own people. This is what happens when a country gets to a point like this, whether it's the US or whether it's Australia or a country that's on mainland Europe, it doesn't matter. When a country gets sold out to the highest bidder and the person at the top thinks that they're going to make out like a bandit, shall we say? Well, that's what they do. And you ask, well, it, you know, if, if this goes through, if you sell out to a foreign power, well, then the people will uh, will revolt and they'll turn on that person and then they'll go after that person. Not if that person goes and lives in the country where they're uh, where they've got the fat cat deals. Right. Well, I mean, we see it here selling out and yeah. nothing happens. I guess I'm, I was more alluding to the fact that when people sell out and it gets to a point where the country gets overtaken, as in like invaded or, or something of that nature. Usually, historically, the one that sells out flees the country and they'll go live in hiding to the country they sold out to. You know what I mean? So in this case, let's say mm-hmm. if you have China, right? If you have China, all of these sellout politicians and the ones that have lined their own pockets through trade deals that they fostered and things like that, they're going to get out of the country. They're going to go live in China. George Soros, he's going to go live in China, right? This is where they're going to go. So they're going to be left alone there because they did a great deed for the party, right? That's what they'll do. Hunter Biden. Yeah. You know, uh, all yeah, the, I don't uh, see him leaving, though. You don't see him leaving the U.S.? No. Nah. Well, I mean, he might he might go to Europe or something. But no, I don't I don't see him leaving the U.S. Um, I, I, I think see him. I think they're so arrogant that they think it's going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen. Well, yeah, they always have that mentality up until the end. But yeah, I mean, clearly, I mean, this is what I'm seeing, right? Just from my own analysis, just from how I'm seeing it. The Australian government's on board with these measures, obviously. They should be out there the same as the German government, the same as the American government, the same as the Canadian government, the British government and the like. They should be in the French. I'll throw the French in there and the Italians. They should be out there standing with the people, not against them. You are elected to represent us. It's not the other way around. We don't listen to what you say when you dictate to us from upon high. You're not kings, you're servants. I've said that before. And it's high time you people understand that you're the ones that have an obligation to stand with us. They're in the process right now. The world elite, they're in the process right now 
of disgracing themselves. They're disgracing themselves. It's not a matter of losing credibility at this point. They're like a degenerate gambler. They're going to double down. They're a disgrace. They're going to be an even bigger disgrace. However, they still have time. They still have time. And I had this conversation the other day with somebody else. I said they still have time. They're losing time. If you're an elected official out there and you're on the wrong side of this and you can hear the sound of my voice, listen to me very carefully. You still have time. I'm talking from a a point of historical context here. Okay. And those of you that are in political offices, if you don't know history, then you're just you're more stupid than I can even give you credit for. But listen to me very carefully. You still have time. At this point we're at right now, you still have time to join we the people. You still have time to make that decision. But that time is slowly running out. You're on the wrong side of history right now. All of you. All of you in elected positions that are on the other side of this, that are serving your own interest and not serving us, you're on the wrong side of history. And so it's time for you in the power structure, it's time for you to make a stand and stand on the side of what's right and what's fair and what's just. What's going on out there in the streets in, in the U.S. and in parts of Europe? What's going on out there? You're going to go out there and you're going to side with that? You're going to side with that that's going on in, in Rochester? You're going to side with what's going on in Portland? Like that degenerate Jerry Nadler said Antifa's a myth. This is how far disconnected they are. And so it's time for them to make a stand. Now, do I expect anyone in political office to make a stand? No, I, I don't. I would be doing backflips right now if we could get any of them that just come out and say, yeah, all right. You know, we're, we're on board with you. Do, do you remember the uh, do you remember the Tea Party, Bruce? Do you remember when that happened under Obama? Uh-huh. OK. Uh-huh. Do you remember the Democrats tried to come out and co-opt that immediately? Do you remember that little stunt they came out uh, on the, st- uh, the Capitol steps and they tried to pull? Yeah, we're with you. And people booed them out of there because they knew you don't fit with what message we're promoting to you. Speaking to the Democrats, the Tea Party, the, the, the crowd speaking to the, uh, the people in the Capitol, the Republicans tried to come out and co-opt it. And that didn't work either, though, as time went on, the Republican Party kind of wormed their way into it. And you had big money going there and, and try and co-opt it. But it didn't really work. It, it didn't really work. But see, now we've kicked the can further down the road. All of the people that are on board, the ones that are in elected office in Portland, you know, look at Ted Wheeler, for God's sake. Like I said, you're not going to believe what that guy's doing. Well, maybe you will believe it. What that guy's doing with tax money. You think he's going to stand up for the city of Portland? You think he's going to actually fight for the people that live there after what we talk about today? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, I've rambled enough there on uh, on Aussie. You got anything else on uh, Aussie land you want to talk about? Well, I just want to point out that to kind of air what I was saying uh, earlier, though Australia is technically a Western nation, it doesn't have the same freedoms. The, the way their laws and stuff are worded, they don't have the same freedoms we do here in the U.S. So... Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is, is I'm not surprised that the government cracked down on the, uh, uh, on these people. And honestly, I hope for the best for them, but, uh, I don't, I don't see this going any, any other way, honestly. Well, how's that statement go? We're all Aussies now because well, no, seriously, we, regardless if you're an Australian or not, you need to speak out about it. It's, it's an important thing. Yeah. It's an important thing because if you don't stand up for the Aussies, if you don't if you don't stand up and you don't support the people that are down there that are fighting for their for their freedom, it's going to come here. I think it's going to come here regardless. And we're going to settle it. I mean, that's that's my opinion on that one. It's going to come here and we're going to have words. And when I say we're going to have words, I mean, to the upper elites, we're going to have words. We're going to settle this. We are going to settle this. And no matter how many people you put out there in the streets, 
No matter how many businesses you burn, no matter how many jobs you destroy, no matter how much you turn around and you tear down the culture, you tear down the history, in the end, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. That's not some tough guy talk. I'm not a person that does that. You know, I'm a humble person that just wants to be left alone. There's millions of other people out there that just want to be left the hell alone. It's really that simple. It's that simple. People just want to be left alone, but they don't have any interest in leaving any of us alone. When people like this historically push to these levels, they push to insane levels beyond this because they're not stopped. And the only way to stop them is to put them back in the box where they belong. That's the only way. And so to all the people you've got in those elected offices that you've got running scared, they think they're on the winning side. Yeah. You think you're going to win this? You're not. You're not. And all those bums and that trash you got out there in the streets, we're going to clean that up too. So speaking of bums and trash and garbage in the streets, let's get to Portland, shall we? Mm -hmm. The Trump train uh, and the Proud Boys are hitting Portland. I'm sure you you saw that compilation of uh, that Trump uh, excuse me, that protest parade of uh, Trump and uh, Blue Lives Matter rolling through the city. Yeah. 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 And to be fair, you saw all the uh, what do they call it? No, not black clad. What do they call it? Black block. Black block. Yeah. All those bums that are out there in the street, all those anarchists and Marxists and communists and everybody else that are out there in the streets. You saw them blocking traffic. <laughs> Sorry, Jack, I'm going through you. Right. And some of them did. Some of them did. They went right through. And it's been a A constant battle. And you notice the ones that are out there in the trucks, and I'm talking like the jacked up trucks. Bruce, you know what I'm talking about. Comes from our part of the country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jacked up trucks, good old boys in the back. And I'm telling you, those people that are out there on the sidewalks, the black block, the Antifa, they don't want none of that. They don't. They don't. Because those are real Americans in those trucks. Those are real Americans. See, you pieces of garbage out there in the streets, right? You bums out there in the streets, you losers. You people haven't met any real resistance yet. Yeah, you're in there. You're tormenting people in the cities with your little cardboard shields and your uh, your your signs and your your plastic Tupperware lids or whatever it is. It's laughable, really. Uh, what's the other thing? The umbrellas. Yeah, you're out there with that stuff. You haven't met any real Americans yet. None of you have. But they're starting to show up in the cities. And what do you get? You get a lot of mouthing off on the side of the streets, don't you? The rioting, the looting, they got, they left the courthouse, right? They're not there anymore. They're, they're not at the courthouse anymore. I actually don't know where the rioting, uh, rioting. I, I don't either. I, I don't either. I'm not quite sure where they are, but today is day 100 of Portland riots, right? The police arrested 27. And by the way, while we're on that, let's just start here. The Patriot Prayer is that the group from the uh, oh, the Trump supporter that, that was executed by the Antifa guy? That that yeah, that's him. Yeah, that, that's okay. That group. was him. Okay, what happened to the piece of garbage that killed him? The feds showed up and shot the dog dead right in the streets, didn't they? Well, yeah. I mean, not not so bluntly. There was well, uh, no. they they went and went to arrest the guy, and the guy pulled a gun on the cops, and so they shot him. Well, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say to that. I mean, they anybody you pull a gun on the cops, what do you think they're going to do to you? Uh, that, that's I mean, like, I, I don't know what else that's to say no to that brainer. one either. I that's mean, a that, 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 that is that that's the trend that we've seen for years. Like stupid. You pull a gun on a cop. They shoot you. I mean, that's just the way it is. Well, no one can give this guy points for uh, having intelligence about him, can they? And I saw a video today. Uh, C- well, I, I didn't see the video. I saw the um, uh, the news report itself. CCTV footage has come out of that loser that was he was waiting for that guy from uh, Patriot Prayer Group. He was waiting for him. And he was just around the side and was stalking. You could see from the CCTV footage what he was doing. I mean, he, he shot him dead right there. I mean, no remorse. None. That's the you mentality of you can. 
You can't. And I heard the yeah. audio of it. I saw the video. That's an execution yeah. by any account. Yeah. That's an execution. Yeah. Yeah. They called out and said, there's another Trump supporter over here. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when you hear the gunshots like immediately after that. Well, let's hope let's hope that by the feds putting him down in that little altercation here, let's hope the feds putting him down. That actually sends a message to the others. Hey, you know, let, let's let's hope that uh, that that resonates with some of them. But I honestly, I don't know if it will. I don't know if it will. Now, you ask all these all these protests, all these riots that are going on, right? Every, everything's been going on down there. And it's it's been getting crazy. It's getting more out of control. But you ask, OK, well, all the protesters, they go into the city and they riot at night. They cause problems. They burn and everything else. Well, they don't just show up in the city and then leave the same day, do they? I wouldn't imagine so. It doesn't quite work like that. So what? They come into the city for a day. They come in specifically at night. They riot and they loot and they burn and, and everything else. And they uh, they assault police officers. They assault people. They block traffic. They menace pedestrians. That can't just be one time and then they leave, right? Because it's been going on for 100 days. So where do you put them? Where do you put them? Well, some videos come out and it's been circulating. I ran across it a couple of days ago. Actually, it was yesterday, I think. And there's now news articles coming out about it from some alternative press. And I saw the video. Bruce, you saw the video of Mm -hmm. exactly what's being done here. Okay. now hear me on this one. The city of Portland, the city of Portland are housing them. They're housing them. They're putting them in. It looks like an old industrial park just outside of the city limits. Isn't that kind of what it looks like to you? It's like an old parking lot, just kind of like in an, in an old abandoned part of the city. My understanding is, is that initially intended it to be for the homeless. They're well, just they are kind homeless. Of, so whether the, the, the city knows they're doing this or unknowingly doing this, either way, they're funding these these guys, uh, shelter, water, trash bathrooms, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they, they, they're they providing all that for them. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The lots themselves. And we saw the video. There's a there's a guy that walks up and he says, this is where they're putting all the rioters because he recognizes some of the rioters that are down there and he sees them at night when he's out downtown. And so he's videoing all this. And it looks like, what would you say, Bruce, about uh, 30, 40 tents down there of where they're keeping all these people? I mean, they're living in squalor. You know, it's, it looks like a homeless camp down there, but mm-hmm. they put them in. It's kind of like those. Um, I, I, I want to liken it to like those safe lots that they have in uh, in Los Angeles. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like a parking mm-hmm. lot, but it's fenced off. It's got it's got like a six foot uh, chain link fence. And then there's barbed wire on top of that. But around the uh, the fencing itself is a privacy curtain. So you can't see in. So you can't see who's in there. But in there, as you said, Bruce, they've got bathroom facilities. There's a place for them to cook and things like that. But of course, I mean, you look at some of these individuals, they're not exactly uh, what I would call someone you'd want to have over for dinner. But they say that it, here's where it is. The camp is situated close to the uh, Willamette River. Just a simple short walk over the Hawthorne Bridge to downtown Portland, where it spills out on uh, where it spills out onto Riot Central. So it's actually yeah, it's just right over the bridge. So they they pay for the city pays for them to come in. They house them. They put them in. It looks like a homeless camp. And then they truck them into the city at night. They load them up in vans or they walk over the bridge or whatever it is. They go in and they riot. So uh, a YouTuber actually. okay. so the guy's a YouTuber. A YouTuber goes in there and he discovered that some of the same people that are agitating, rioting, causing damage downtown live just across the, uh, the river in the city. A city sponsored camp 
with city provided amenities. The Willamette Week, which I'm assuming is, can you look into that paper real quick? Is that the city's paper or something? Yeah, yeah, Portland. Okay, so the Willamette Week reported that at the time, since cafes and restaurants are closed for COVID-19, the homeless need bathrooms. Though Portland has erected costly steel forge structures that hookers and druggies use to ply their trades, go figure. Which that's exactly what GP said they do in Los Angeles, right? The city paid for all those facilities to be put up all around town, and it turns out to be a place for uh, hookers to take the johns, right? The pimps charge you money to go in there. Uh, and people go in there, they do their drugs. It's just, it's a mess. It's an absolute damn mess. The tent villages offer few essentials like drinking water, a place to charge your phone. Well, because, you know, rioters, they have to have, they have to have their phones, right? They have to organize on Facebook. Oh, did I say that? Did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. Because the Patriot Prayer Group, they got banned from Facebook. They're not allowed to be there. Their whole organization got shut down. Their Facebook page is gone, but these people can still operate. And a cooking area and regular trash service. Regular trash service? Um, I, I don't really know what you want me to say. I, I mean, I suppose I could I could be blatantly honest and say that if, if they offer regular trash service, then they all need to be taken away. But I mean, that's just, just me. The city provides, listen to this. The city provides them with tents, sleeping bags, and a privacy fence around the 20 plus unit tent city which sits on open parking lots. Now, here's where it gets really good. The cost for housing Antifa in others is staggering. The startup costs were nearly a million dollars with an ongoing $250,000 per month to support Harbor of Hope and another shelter. So there's a pilot program that I guess was that would provide three mobile bathrooms, three mobile showers deployed across the city that will also be funded for one year with an $877,870 cost with much of the funding dedicated to hiring station attendants. So we're going to pay the people to run the showers 100000 a year. Is that what it sounds like? Or, or actually, it would be more than that, wouldn't it? So if you're, yeah, okay, well, if you have multiple employees, yeah, it'd be about hundred grand a year. The budget also includes $250,000 in ongoing funding for a new shelter in the southeast of Portland. Why? So we can truck in more rioters? What? This much Antifa isn't enough? You need more in there? And for the navigation center developed by Homer Williams and Tim Boyle at the edge of the Pearl District, the shelter will be referral only and focused on serving chronically homeless adults. But they're using the same facilities to house the rioters. And then, of course, uh, Andy No goes on. I tell you what, Andy No, man, he does some great stuff, doesn't he? He, he does some really great he stuff. Does. Yeah. He has said that the uh, he's actually putting uh, he, he's put out a list of people that are actually living in that taxpayer paid facility. One's the trumpet man. I, and I heard that referenced in the video. Bruce, what's the trumpet man? What's that guy all about? So basically some of the video and live stream we've seen of that, um, there, there's usually a guy, at least in Portland and in, in various protests that he'll just be playing a trumpet uh, during the entire time. So. Um, I, what he's playing, I don't recall offhand if he plays anything specific, but yeah, he, he, um, plays various songs and whatnot. Okay. So he's a music major at a university. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. Probably because I mean, he, he looks like somebody you'd want to bring home for Christmas, doesn't he? I mean, you look at that mugshot right there of him and the dude's been arrested multiple times for, uh, looks like, uh, yeah, multiple time arrested at the riots. Yeah. Okay. So he's a professional, he's a professional protester, Bruce. You see that? You see, I mean, can you imagine having such an opportunity in life to be a professional protester all your life. I mean, we have different names for those, but yeah, we do. Mayor Ted Wheeler, which we talked about how great of a guy he is just the other day, didn't we? I mean, real stand up guy, yeah. stand up guy. Yeah. Can't put into words how well of a job he's doing for that city. Who has presided over these riots and encouraged them throughout his inaction, which according to the left wing activists that are running against him, 
He's been too tough on these people. You couldn't make that up. He's again going after Trump. Yeah, he's too tough on him. He's again going after Trump. Trump is threatening to pull federal funding for a variety of all these programs if Wheeler doesn't stop the riots. Well, he's not going to stop him. He's not going to stop him. He's he's paying him to be there. Maybe he's not doing it directly, but he's making sure the allocated money is put their direction in order to keep them there. But all of these photos that you've got that are popping up all over the city out there, I mean, this is some good graffiti, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's real good stuff you'd want to keep your kids around, isn't it? I mean, kill all cops, hang fascists, we'll Mm -hmm, get the guillotine, mm -hmm. uh, kill cops, moms for dead cops. I mean, that's just that's so uplifting. That's so uplifting. That's so that's so inspiring to uh, to want to become exactly that. You know, when you grow up, when you grow up, I mean, can you imagine you're walking your kids downtown, right? You're taking them out to get some ice cream or something when they point to that that graffiti. Right, excuse me, that artwork. And they say, you know, mom, dad, what's that? And they say, well, if you grow up, you know, when you grow up, if you do exactly what you need to do, if you study social justice, you can do that, too. Mm-hmm. This this right here, this is the degeneration of society from the inside out. This right here. When you do this participation trophy, give me society. This is what you end up with. This is what you have. You have broken homes. You have broken mental or well, yeah, broken mental institutions, right? We got those too. Broken spiritual institutions, all been removed, all been removed. You give participation trophies out. No child left behind. No one's allowed to fail. You give everyone their safe space. You, you take away all their identities. You give them their gendered language, their personal pronouns. This is what you end up with. So it's time to turn the tide on these people. Time to turn the tide on them. But, but it's not going that way in Rochester, is it? Doesn't look that way. We talked the other day about the gentleman that was hopped up on PCP that was arrested by police officers. The guy was, mm-hmm. I mean, he was clear. He was, he was stark naked out there in the middle of the road. It was snowing for God's sake. And he was all sweating. And he was just, he took a lethal amount of, uh, of PCP, had it in his system. And like I said, I talked a little bit about my own experience with that. We talked about it on a morning show. And it's, it's a terrible thing, right? It's, it's a terrible thing to see somebody on, the, on a drug like that. But if you OD on that kind of stuff, it can kill you. It can kill you. And it, it appears that that guy died in police custody. Now, the guy was belligerent. He was spitting everywhere. He was he was out of his mind. He was talking crazy and he was not complying. So the officers put a spit mask on him and they were holding him down. You know, they weren't putting like knees on his neck or anything. One officer did put a knee in like, what was it, like his shoulder or something? Just temporarily. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't kept there, but they were keeping him there. The guy was vomiting. It was coming out of the bottom of his spit mask. And what happened? The guy died. The guy died in custody, probably from the OD. But what happens? Protests erupt in the city of Rochester. The media doesn't help because they're out there promoting the idea. Oh, yeah, cops hood and and laugh and choke this guy. No, no, I know better than that. I know better than that because I watched a I watched the video. Okay, that's the first thing. If there was wrongdoing there, then so be it. But from the video I saw, there was not. Bruce, you saw the video, too. More to the point. I myself personally have been in that situation, exactly that situation, not to the level of what they had to deal with. What they had to deal with was relatively mild compared to what I had to deal with. At least that guy was complying, which if the guy's hopped up on PCP and he's complying, then you can be thankful for that. But after he was in custody, after he was handcuffed, he was not complying, was he? But it still never got to a point of a struggle. We should also clarify that this happened back in March. This footage that that we're seeing... Uh, the the police footage was Hang just on a minute. recently released. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. This happened in March. I thought this just happened. No, this was in March. Yeah, the the whole riots and everything that started up was because of the video that was released recently. You've got to and be the, kidding me. This is coverage. even worse. This is even worse. Yeah. 
Okay, I didn't know that. When did that come out? Because the story's disappeared. I can't find anything else on it. It's gone. Yeah, one of the one of the articles that that we have. Let's see, the one of the Rochester ones was saying. Let's see, this happened back in March. I want to say it was the one from Daily Mail. Uh, yeah, uh, Daniel Prude is the guy's name. Died of suffocation in police custody in March. Okay, in March. Uh, the outrage. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Yeah. Th- this is uh huh. So this just now comes out. Why now? Uh, that's a good question, uh, especially with um, how on edge everywhere it, every, everything is, and we're so Maybe that's close why to they an put election. That's why they put it out now. Hmm. Yeah. I mean. So okay. Seems all right. Seems a little concerning. Okay. Sense. So what happens? Yeah. So what happens last night? And I believe it was last night, wasn't it, Bruce Rochester? The video we saw. I believe so. Yes. So violence kicks up in uh, in Rochester, right? Because of this uh, Daniel Pruitt's death, of course, which now and you brought this to my attention. It happened in March. But if you watch the video, as I did, you'd think it happened just now. Right. I mean, it's September. Yeah. You know what? I'll bet you they released it now because there was uh, for the reasons you said, plus there was snow on the ground or there was snow falling. You could make the justification for it now. You couldn't have it over the summer months, could you? Not in Rochester. Couldn't do it. I'm curious who released the footage. To. Well, if you release it now. Well, no, that, that, that plays into the agenda, because if you release it now, it follows that. But it also follows the timestamp right from the time of year. So if it's cold, it's cold up in Rochester right now. It's starting to get cold. It's cold at night. So uh, if you've got that going on, then yeah, if the snow's fallen, then yes. OK, so that that makes complete sense. So what happened? OK, protests. And then, of course, you say you had counter protests. I didn't see any counter protests. What happened to the, the poor people that were out there uh, having something to eat? OK, so people were hanging out at restaurants. They were enjoying a nice meal themselves. And this was at more than one restaurant, correct? That This wasn't just one place. So about a thousand people from BLM showed up. Uh, it was the family, by the way. The family released it? The family released the video. Huh. The, they're I also wonder, saying that. I wonder who they he, got a visit from before. Yeah. They're also saying that the suspect, um, he was going around smashing windows. So, okay. So last night, as people are sitting down at restaurants, street side cafes and the like, about a thousand person protest for BLM. And clearly that's who they are. They're carrying Black Lives Matter flags, aren't they? Yep. They descend on these restaurants and these street side cafes. So what did they do? They started smashing their glasses. Not the, the people that were dining, the protesters. They're smashing their glasses. They grabbed their plates, threw them onto the ground. People are trying to run away. Protesters are yelling, if you don't give us our, uh, well, I can't say it here, but if you don't give us our stuff, then we shut the stuff down, right? Everybody can figure that one out. What, why exactly are, are you out there smashing businesses? Why are you disrupting people's lives? What does that have to do with anything? That's as bad as the uh, the case down in Atlanta, the shooting. You remember the guy that grabbed the, uh, the officer's taser and shot it back at the yeah. officers? So what the protesters do? They showed up and they burned the windows down. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. do this without laughing yeah. because that's just how stupid this is. Yeah. Okay. They have, you want, the, these people at the restaurant have nothing to do with this. Nothing. Nothing. You show up downtown and you want to protest something that happened back in March. Fine. No one's stopping you from doing that. Fine. But to go and smash out a restaurant with people sitting at it that had absolutely nothing to do with it. And quite frankly, they probably don't even know what in the hell you're doing there. But this is just another attempt by that organization to turn around and menace the people. Bruce... If this is not, I'm just, I'm asking your opinion on this. If this is not an example of domestic terrorism, what is? You're terrorizing the poor people that A, work in the business, B, that 
patron the business. What about that is not terrorizing? What about that is not terrorizing? You're going to cost that business money. The people that went there probably aren't going to go back there. I know I wouldn't. And it's not the business owner's fault. So now they're going to lose money. So what good have you done? Of what use are you to society at this point when you're out there doing stuff like that? None, none. You're out there bringing awareness to to what? By doing that? As I said, if you're going to go out there and you're going to protest, fine. But smashing out a business, burning down a business, that doesn't help anyone. That doesn't do anybody any good. And more than that, it doesn't help your cause if you actually have a cause, which your cause is Marxism. But that doesn't get people on board with what you're trying to promote. If anything, that turns more people against you. But I think, honestly, I think that at this point, you're so brazen, you might as well just turn everyone against you, right? I mean, if you look at BLM, that's that's exactly what's happening. If you look at BLM, you look at Antifa, how are they not working together? Aren't they? I mean, that's what it seems like. Yeah, they're, well, I mean, they're they're a part of the same party, right? DSA. Well, yeah. Helps fund DSA. And let's be honest, the Democrat Party at this point, you know, forget the Democratic Socialists of America Party, which that's a political party, right? Forget that party for the moment. They're helping them out. Yes, they're funding them. But you've got other big money coming in from other places and other individuals. And more than that, you don't have anyone in the Democrat Party that are out there denouncing it. Nothing. All you get is denial. No, it's worse than it's worse than that. Some of the um, Biden campaign staffers have donated to um, God. What was the charity? I forget the name of the charity, but or, or or group that was accepting donations to pay off the bail for these uh, rioters. Was that for and the celebrities? I, I don't remember who has it or or what it was called or any. But the Biden campaign staffers have donated to that organization. Oh wow! Uh, along with that. other celebrities and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's um. Yeah. As people were sitting there enjoying their meals, protesters showed up and, uh, like I said, they smashed their glasses, broke plates, overturned chairs, chanted at them to get out. We're shutting your party down. They were yelled at. No need to run. No one's going to touch you. No one's hurting you. We're just shutting the party down. And later, it looks like uh, the police were... um, Man, that's a that's just that's awful. I'm looking at the video again. That's just terrible. Uh, later, it looks like uh, pepper balls were fired at them uh, at bus. Uh, let me see. A bus stop was set on fire, and authorities declared the event an unlawful assembly. Well, yeah, a couple hours. It took them a couple hours later, Bruce, to declare it an unlawful assembly. A couple hours later, but it says here that it began peacefully at around 6:30 p.m. and then later turned a um, little uh, a little violent. Nonetheless, like this, none of this helps anybody. This is ridiculous. And what what's up with these damn umbrellas? Right. Everybody's got umbrellas now. All of a sudden you got umbrellas in Portland. You got umbrellas in Seattle. You got them. Um, well, you had them in Seattle. You got umbrellas in Rochester. Now, what the hell's with these damn umbrellas? The only thing I know with the umbrellas is we've seen it with Hong Kong. That's, that's the only thing I can I, I, I can think of there. Yeah, but that was a just um, cause. Like that was like the umbrella that, protest. Yeah. We know what that was. Other than that, I, I don't know. Maybe it's to block like the lights or facial recognition. I don't I don't really know what what the intent is there with that. I really have no idea, which, of course, a mask is going to be enough to block your face anyway. But these individuals that are out there with, uh, you know, with cardboard boxes and everything else that they're trying, they're trying to stop from being hit with these things. I mean, that's not really going to do much. Sorry. And more than that, they're out there blocking traffic. Now, we saw some video of Portland, right, with the uh, uh, the line of trucks and stuff that were going through there. And we know what's been going on all across the country. They're blocking traffic. You can't be out doing that. You cannot be out doing that. You're blocking traffic. I mean, I'm talking to people over there now. They're telling me I'm not stopping. That, that's kind of the expert recommended thing to do is don't stop for these. And it, it, they don't mean you just plow through them. It means you slowly try to get through, right? 
And I mean, they'll move out of the way. Well, but you, not, you don't stop long enough to let, let them, you know, not in all cases. We saw what happened earlier to one poor guy that was trying to carjack. Well, one. yeah, yeah. That didn't really yeah. go too well for him. We don't. So I don't know when that when that happened, though. Uh, I don't know. Side issue. But it, anyway, I would not stop. I would not stop. Like I said, I got people that are telling me that they're not going to stop. And I don't blame them. And you ask yourself, this continues. Where does it go? How do you protect yourself if you're in America? How do you protect yourself? Well, might have an answer for that. Gun sales are off the charts. We're going to talk about some gun numbers. Now, you pulled some numbers specifically. I'm looking at one manufacturer. I'm looking at Smith & Wesson. And that is what they're calling an unparalleled demand. Mm -hmm. They're looking right now in the first quarter. Listen to this. Smith & Wesson, just Smith & Wesson. Great firearm, by the way. Just Smith & Wesson, okay? Their revenue for the first quarter of 2020 which they're just now reporting, went to 230 million. Now you say, okay, well, that's, yeah, that could be, that could be a pretty decent number for just an average sales year, right? Well, think about it to the previous year, to 2019, first quarter. That was an increase of 134.4 million. It was an increase of 141% compared to the first three months of last year. The company shipments of handguns increased by 122% to 441,000 units between January and the end of March. The company shipped 108,000 long gun units, or 89% more than in the corresponding period of 2019. See, people know that instinctively there's something not right. And it's just, this is their gut instinct because new gun sales are off the charts as well. The figures are shown out of the data from the National Instant Criminal Background Check System or the NICS system as we call it here for short. The FBI system that compiles statistics representing the number of firearms background checks carried out per month in the United States, which the firearms industry takes as an indicator for the level of interest in firearm purchases. The 3.9 million NICS checks carried out in June represent a 70% increase over the 2.3 million checks performed in the same month last year. Look, I'm all for gun ownership, right? We're big advocates of the Second Amendment here. And that's not just if you're an American. Well, I mean, I wish more countries had it, to be fair. But unfortunately, they don't. But if you're going to if you're a person out there that does not own a firearm yet and you're looking to buy one, Bruce, you and I have been around firearms since we were kids. I mean, we were we were brought up with it. And mm-hmm. the most important thing, especially if you're going to be a new firearm owner, is please, for the love of God, be responsible. Learn how to use the thing. Learn how to store it. Learn how to clean it. Learn how to treat it and respect it because your safety, the safety of others is always your primary concern when you're around firearms. When you carry a firearm, then it is your responsibility to use that gun responsibly if you ever have to use it, God forbid, but learn how to use it. Learn how to load it. Learn how to unload it. And I mean, do it with blanks if you have to, right? Just put the shell, the empty brass in there, the empty casings in there. Do it with your eyes closed. Learn your firearm understand it, be comfortable with it. That's the most important thing. When you go to one of these gun shops, I always have, I, uh, throughout my life, I've always had people say, well, uh, I don't know about this one. I don't know about that one. Go try it. Go try it. A lot of these gun stores across the US, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them will have firing ranges right off the store itself. So you can try it before you buy it to see if you're comfortable with it. Because if you go out and you buy a firearm just because it looks good, that's not going to help you. If you're not comfortable with that, if it doesn't fit right in your hand, if it doesn't feel right when you hold it, it's something. If it's too heavy, if it's too light, you just you can't quite get the feel of it. Then that gun's not for you. So you need to get something you feel comfortable with. You need to know how to use it. You need to be responsible with it. Go through all the proper procedures you need to make your purchase. But responsible gun ownership is key here. 
And I'm not talking about the usual common sense talk that you get from politicians and all that garbage, right? Those idiots don't know anything. It's about you becoming an empowered and a responsible citizen and seeing to your safety, the safety of others, safety of your family, the safety of your community. This is why we stress responsible gun ownership at the local level, right? Because in our definition and our gun culture that we were raised in, the the culture of responsibility when it comes to that, in our eyes, because this is the way that it is in, in rural America, in our eyes, more guns mean less crime. Now, that's not some extremist talk. That's not some crazy talk. That's just the way that it is. Now, if you look at what happens in the cities, for example, well, Portland, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, gun crime's off the charts. It's off the charts. They have total gun bans in these cities. You can't own a gun there. Not legally. It's not responsible gun owners that are being charged with those crimes. It's illegal gun owners that are being charged with those crimes. Those are illegal firearms. But see, they just go on TV and they say, oh, you know anybody with an illegal gun? See, they want to make all guns illegal. But I'm, I'm rambling here. Uh, Bruce, you pulled some other statistics on uh, gun purchases. What did you find? Yeah, so uh, January of this year, starting there, it's about uh, pretty close to double or at least, well, let's see. Now there was a lot of a lot of handguns. Yeah, in in some cases, it's it's fifty percent more handgun sales just in January compared to January of last year. Same thing with uh, long guns, and that's that's just January, right? But then you get into like February and March when you know we 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 had those lockdowns and whatnot, and you weren't really able to go out and buy guns. They were still higher than February and March of of the previous of of last year. We're, we're talking, you know, another again like three hundred thousand more, uh, roughly. So January had over one point six million gun sales, one point three million for February, two point five million for March. April and May were in the one point seven million range. June had two point three million, and July had almost two million. So, I mean, people are, uh, that's, that's a lot of gun sales. I mean, comparing it to last year, I mean, this year alone, it looks like we, we it was more guns this year so far than last year. Uh, just, just looking at the optics, like June, July, and March, right? Just those three months are higher than any other previous month uh, from last year. So... And in some cases, it's it's triple uh, in some cases. Those are some big numbers, big increases. And, you know, so, you know, something, as I said, the most important thing out of all of that is because if you're a first time buyer, you need to learn the responsibility side of it. It's not as simple as just going out and making a purchase and say, oh, OK, I've got a gun now. And all of a sudden you're, you're Barney Fife. OK, it, it doesn't work like that. Bruce, you got any advice for first time buyers? Yeah, if you're the, an, another thing to keep in mind when you're you're buying it for self-defense Buy you a reliable firearm, but don't go don't go too crazy with prices and attachments and all that fun stuff, because if you end up having to use that firearm for self-defense, it is likely you will never see that firearm again. So you you want to you want to get a good, reliable one, but it also try to stay on the cheaper end of things. That's all I really have to add to that. Okay. So unfortunately, we are going to have to end the day, Bruce. I do apologize uh, because honestly, we could sit here and we could continue on because there are a couple other things that I wanted to uh, I wanted to discuss. But unfortunately, we're just going to have to push them till tomorrow. So for those of you who have not, you would like to please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. Love getting all your likes, your echoes, your comments, your upvotes. You can follow me over there at Jay Anderson three. You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to reach out to us on social media, you can do so by dropping us a line anytime you wish via email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along 
along to friends and family and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience as much as possible, and we need your help in order to do that. We're trying to promote good, healthy conversation in and amongst people's circles, and we're trying to bring like-minded people together. And so if you could pass this along whenever you're in casual conversation, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, if you're rating podcasts, please drop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. If they have a rating system, if you could please give us a rating, five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.